0: Welcome to The Roundtable at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, a podcast of discussions with substance. Join our staff and leaders of our church as we journey through topics that inform, engage, and inspire the
1: daily life of our church. Hello, I'm John Robbins, one of the pastors of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. We're grateful that you're a part of this as you gather together with us, and that is the clergy here at Pulaski Heights, as we talk about what it means to be Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church in this community and how important it is for us to have you as a part of the life of the church. You need us and we need you. So we're going to have a conversation about that and we hope that you'll participate by listening. And if you have any questions or anything we can help you with in the meantime, please let us know. We all know that the church is taking a beating, even taking COVID out of the equation over the last several decades the church has been in decline, generally speaking. And we can talk about inappropriate behavior on the part of clergy, and people use that as an excuse to say, look, they're all a bunch of hypocrites. We can talk about uh, financial improprieties in churches. We can talk about churches that are very exclusive and not inclusive and all of those kind of things. And every bit of that has happened and all of that kind of stuff is still going on today. But despite that, I am a firm believer that the world needs the message of Jesus Christ. So I would ask all of you, if we're talking about the world needing the message of Jesus Christ, give me an example of where you see some reason for the world to need the message of Jesus Christ that we have to proclaim. We can talk about Russia and Ukraine, for example, and just the, just the uh, unmitigated level of violence and suffering, uh, that lack of regard for human life. Uh, from the Christian perspective, I don't think one can be Christian and have little regard for the life of another human being. And not that you just only Christians feel that way, but I, to me, I think that's important to recognize. If I'm to emulate who Jesus Christ is, then what does that mean for the world? How being is being a follower of Jesus Christ going to make a difference in the world? What is happening in the world right now that you see as a major issue, Dr. Hampton, where Jesus Christ needs to be front and center because of that?
2: Well, a lot of places. Um, I love what you all have said so far because a lot of churches um, are not able to make these statements and uh, because many churches uh, will see themselves as being set apart uh, uh, better than, and you need to come up to this level, but I truly believe, believe that God wants us to come where we are, just like we are. We don't have to clean up anything. God does. God's grace will do all of that for us. Uh, but what um, my 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 prayer life uh, at this moment, I'm very concerned about uh, Little Rock's homeless population. I, I like to what the church does for me. It lets me know that the world is bigger than me. It's more than me. Uh, the homeless population, of course, war. I've never thought. I'm 61 years old. I just never thought I would turn on a TV and see live war going on, with people just doing whatever they want to do to other people, destroying lives, and everybody is looking. And it's it's just I'm just still trying to make sense of it. Uh, and and uh, so the way I'm making sense of it now is to pray. And, and to be faithful like the church has done for years and years, these hot-button topics of uh, good Christian people, we're at odds with one another. So how can I be faithful? I can pray. I can still invite people in into the fellowship where we can pray for a better day. And, and the good thing about the Methodist church is that as we pray, our feet are moving uh, because we're organized. So... If you're in in the Methodist Church, you can pray for Ukraine, but the Methodist Church is also giving aid to not only Ukraine, but in Somalia and Mm -hmm. every place around the world where there's a need. We have organizations that respond uh, because we're organized. And so it it, it gives me some solace that I'm a part of an organization, even locally. I worry about the homeless and food and food insecurity, but I know that our church responds with food, and with diapers for babies. Uh, and so I'm, I'm not alone. I, I don't feel helpless. I just want things to get better quicker, but it's not on my time. It's on God's time. Uh, but in the meantime, I want to be in a community that's not only talking, but also acting. And so Plaskett Heights acts. And even our members who uh, uh, the, just the other day, I visited a lady in the nursing home and I prayed, and I noticed she was kind of praying, and I said, would you like to pray? And she prayed and just knocked me out. Mm-hmm. And I said, I get chill But I am thinking about it, and I said, would you like to be a part of our intercessory prayer team? And, oh, she just lit up, and, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness, and she takes that list now so seriously. Um, to be. And she's in the nursing home. And she's praying for other people, able-bodied people who are out walking around doing the best that they can do. So the church has all this going on. So I would say God's grace is sufficient. It's sufficient for me. It's sufficient for everybody. And we're not better than anyone else who's out there. And that's what I love about this church. that You can come and be a part of of this church where we're all doing the best we can do with what we do. Um, with what God has given us.
1: Very good. So, Reverend McMurray, let me ask you the same kind of question about what it means to be a part of the life of the church, about being a unique uh, follower of Jesus Christ. From the Christian perspective, where do you see that it's necessary for the proclamation of the gospel to enter into the world because there is whatever they use? to
3: be yeah. Like, yeah, so I had the amazing opportunity when I was in seminary. I served for a year or nine months, a school year, as a volunteer in Thailand. And when I served there, one of the things that I did and one of the opportunities that I had was to spend some time at this orphanage that was a place where there were children, refugee children, who had come down from the conflict in um, Burma, Myanmar. And they now lived at this orphanage and their parents either didn't want them, weren't able to take care of them. Some of the parents were hiding out because they were political refugees and they didn't want that for their kids. Um, And so you ended up with these these children at this orphanage that was run by um, a man, a Christian man who had had this profound religious experience and Every morning at 5 o'clock a.m., the kids would all wake up and they would go to worship before they started their chores and then went to school. And worship and and faith and the message of Jesus Christ was such an important part of their lives. I remember being in worship with them one time and we were singing. um, They were singing. They were singing a song in Lahu in their native language that I didn't understand what it meant. Um, but I asked my uh, the translator that was there, I said, what are they singing about? And he said that they're saying, you know, God, give me grace um, because I am a hurting child or something like something along those lines. And their faces were just poised with such hurt and anguish, but also this sense of like there is something going on here that... That Jesus Christ, that Christ hears me. I know, I know that God hears me. I know that Jesus loves me. Um, and even, even in these struggles, even living in this orphanage, um, even you know, going to school sometimes without shoes, wondering about if we're going to have enough food, even in the midst of these horrible, what what many of us would consider really tough situations of life, that they knew Jesus was there and that there was a comfort in knowing that, that God was there with them, and that there was a hope in that. Um, that even though the physical situation might be really, really hard, um, and they, they didn't know if it would get better, but they knew that somehow in the hands of Jesus, it was gonna be okay. Uh, I, I just, there is, there is something about the gospel that transcends all of our earthly turmoil. Um, and I saw a video from, from Ukraine of these, these folks gathered in just this room, and you can kind of hear some bombs going off, but they're having a, a worship service, mm. um, and they're singing, um, and, and you're just like, there, there is something about the gospel that, that enters into those places of hurt and turmoil and violence because that's what Jesus did. He entered into those places of hurt and turmoil and violence. Um, he experienced hurt and turmoil and violence and hatred and the worst of humanity, but was resurrected from it. Um, and and so there is this power in the gospel that reaches every awful place of humanity, I feel like, and can bring hope. Um, hope of resurrection, hope of... Uh, hope that we're not alone and that what we experience in this moment is not the end. Um, and I, I think that the gospel of Jesus Christ is, is just essential uh, for, for every, every time that we feel ourselves in, in struggle and strife and turmoil. Um, this, this hope and this proclamation that violence and death don't have the final word.
0: um, I think it's also, uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, one thing we can't remind people enough is that it's a lifelong commitment. Yes, correct. And that, you know, whether we go back to John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, saying, moving on to perfection, uh, I'm always reminded of this um, story where uh, a reporter was interviewing Maya Angelou, and uh, they started talking about faith, and he finally said, well, you know, what, what religion do you practice? And she said, "Well, let me ask you the same. What religion do you practice?" He said, "Well, I'm a Christian," and her response was, "Already," <laughs> and I, I've, I've, it always made me laugh because she she knew it was a lifelong commitment, mm. you know, to to following Christ, and uh, um, and we fail and we fail miserably, but uh, you know, it's a, it's a place where we can. You know, you'd ask about where we see the gospel needing to be introduced right. to the world. Right. You know, I would say the violence in Little Rock yeah. right now yeah. Uh, yeah. is a place that is in my daily prayer uh, of, uh, you know, how how do what can we do? You know, and, uh, uh, you know, God, give me, a, you know, it, it give some me or a, someone a vision of what steps we can take to make uh, the city as a whole less violent.
1: Well, and I think that's such a valid point. Uh, Being a follower of Jesus Christ, there is an expectation that we do something. It's not just a matter of sitting back and preaching it. It's a hands-on kind of effort. So one final uh, request from the three of you, and that is, as a follower of Jesus Christ who lives out your respective ministry as a part of the clergy staff at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, I wish you would look into the camera and uh, say something about why we need those who are watching to be with us. What would you say? I would say, first of all, that the most important thing, I think, is I want to be who God would have me to be. And I cannot do it without you. I am much more who God would have me to be in your presence, and you're much more of who God would have you to be in my presence. There's something unique and powerful about that. I want to be more like Jesus Christ myself and I can't do it by myself, I would encourage you, please be a part of the life of the church, not just watching on television or online, though that's very important and we don't want to diminish the significance of that at all. But if you can physically be here, we want you to be involved in the life of the church. We want to see you face to face. We want to shake your hand. We want to get our hands dirty doing ministry with you. We need you and I need you personally. That's just a selfish response from me. Dr. Hampton?
2: Yes, sir. Well, I would, I would say that um, God loves you uh, so much, and God desires the very best, best for you, and that uh, I recently became a uh, grandfather, and I I, I really love my, my grandchild very much. I would do anything for my grandchild. I would lay down my life for my grandchild, but God loves me so much that God sent his son Jesus to lay his life down for me, and then caused me to be an example to other people. And when I come out to church, I'm leading people are watching me, and people are watching you, and I, just by my presence, I have the power to influence other people. And when other people come out, they get to experience the same grace that I experienced, When I sit in communion and I have church with the I have communion with the believers, I partake of the bread and the wine, and I think about and I remember God's grace and how much God loves me and what God has in store for me. So there's more than just coming out for selfish reasons. But when we come out, we help the entire community uh, to follow us, and we we are examples. And then we gather strength from one another. And then we go back out into the world and, and, and to be the best people we can be. So so forsake not to assemble yourselves. Come out as much as you can. If you can't come out, certainly tune in. Let us know by connecting, by filling out your Connect card to let us know that you're watching. And by listening to the Word of God, we have a good preacher and good preachers, Reverend McMurray and Reverend Dr. Robinson. And they're going to tell us, Uh, what the Lord is saying to them and and where the church is going. And you have the opportunity to plug in, to present your prayers, your presence, your gifts and your service and your witness. So we hope that you will uh, come out to the church as much as possible. Reverend Clark.
0: I would say that we want to meet you where you are. And um, to me, that's that's one of the the cornerstones of our faith Uh, as a pastor uh, we, we want to walk with you on this journey. And like I just said, you know, it's a lifelong journey and, and I'm going to screw up. Uh, and I, I'm, I hope I'm going to ask for your forgiveness. Uh, and that's part of it too. But, um, you know, let's, let's walk this path together and, uh, we would love to have you back. And, uh, and if you've never been here before, we'd love to have you come in the doors and, uh, and just introduce yourselves, and uh, and we'll introduce ourselves to you. And for those of you that do watch, and we're your home church because you don't have anywhere else to go where you feel comfortable. Uh, we would love to meet you at some point in time, even if it's just through a phone call uh, or an email. We would love for you to reach out uh, so that we can have that uh, relational experience with you uh, as well.
1: Reverend McMurray, you get the final word.
3: Oh, that's exciting. I just want people to know that they are welcome just as they are, that there is a lot of pressure on us to be a certain way in the world, that we live in a time that is incredibly busy and incredibly challenging, that many times we find ourselves pulled in so many different directions by requirements of family and our children and our community and the stress of being a citizen in this world right now that is just so polarized and so filled with um, vitriol and, and hateful language. It can be so challenging to simply exist. And that is where we can find support and hope and purpose in a life bigger than ourselves with the church. That here, not only can we find support for those things that are really difficult in our lives, not only can we hear a a gospel of good news that can give us hope as well as challenge for our lives, but I think we can also find a purpose bigger than ourselves. And we can find a way to contribute to the world in ways that use our gifts. For some people, that is serving with the food bank. For some people, it is teaching God's beloved little children that ask all sorts of challenging questions. For some, it is hanging out with our youth um, as they play basketball and learn about God in in ways that some have great gifts for. Um, For some, it is praying with cancer patients. Um, For others, it is sitting at the bedside and taking communion to those who are struggling. There are so many ways that each and every one of us has been gifted by God to serve. Um, And so as you watch, whether you are, as has been said, watching our broadcast, watching online, I would still invite you to say, what is God calling me to contribute and to participate? We have members of our church that live in different parts of the state, um, that contribute, that teach Sunday school virtually or that make phone calls for our cancer network support. And, and there are so many ways that God can be calling you uh, to find your purpose and find meaning um, in the life of the church as we welcome all that you are um, to, to be found here as well.
1: Well, we appreciate very much you all being part of this roundtable discussion for us has been a great opportunity to be in conversation in a way that oftentimes we don't get a chance to do. So we appreciate very much you taking the time to be a part of this, and we certainly hope and pray that you'll come and be a part of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. We want you. We need you. We love you. You're important to us. Blessings to you.